0: How's it going everybody welcome to episode number 38 of master my garden podcast now this week is part two of a two-part series on fruit and it's with thomas english from english's fruit nurseries and as i said last week the reason i wanted to get uh, thomas on was because they have a wealth of experience over 70 years experience in propagating nursery plants so they know what grows they know what will work in your area and I suppose that's that's the really important thing is to have that experience there, and this is part two, which is all about fruit trees. Last week it was mostly soft fruit that we spoke about, but this week we're going to talk about, I suppose, apples, pears, uh, cherries, and all of the all of the sort of uh, tree fruit, and a couple of other unusual things that that they that they also have in their catalogue. So, Thomas, you're very very welcome to this week's episode of Master My Garden podcast.
1: Thanks John for inviting me on here again. I was so supposed to late uh, talk to you all we do in English is fruit nurses there.
0: Yeah, thank thanks Thomas and like we had a, we had a good chat there uh, in the first first episode on on I suppose where you guys started which was you know growing soft fruit uh, strawberries and and raspberries and so on. But this week we want to get into the tree fruit part of it and I suppose to start with apples, which is obviously the, the main one, uh, people have a good few questions on that. And I think they kind of find it a little bit difficult sometimes to get the answers. And, and secondly, then to be sure of of what to grow and how to grow it. So there's a few considerations, I suppose, starting off is to if you're not getting a self-fertile variety, that you need to get uh, ones that, that pair together. And the second thing that Really needs to be considered is the size of the tree and and where they're going to put it. So maybe firstly you could talk about uh, the size of the trees and how they're they're, I suppose, determined by the rootstock.
1: Yes, uh, straightforward enough, John. In a way, uh, we have about three or four different rootstock we stick to mainly on uh, apple trees. We don't want any smaller than an M nine rootstock. An M9 rootstock, the tree they buy from us, will be about five foot, six foot tall, but only grow to eight or nine foot. That's if it didn't prune at all. You can can keep them smaller, but uh, an M9 rootstock is mainly what the commercial grower uses now as well, so the apples can be all picked from the ground. Uh, There's other rootstocks. m 26 rootstock, I would be recommending Strong to produce a tree there about 10 to 12 foot, in a round shape, okay. That's if you didn't prune it, it'll be the full size of that size, and that suits uh, a lot of ground and a lot of areas. It's pretty vigorous enough in a very poor ground. Uh, okay. And m nine rootstock doesn't, if you have poor soil and maybe a very windy area, it might not suit it too well. And okay. in a town situation where you have plenty of shelter with walls and fences, it works well. in a small garden in that situation. Maybe up again the wall works very well. But uh, if you're out in an open area and maybe poor soil, then you definitely want a stronger rootstock, M26, and it mightn't grow to 10 or 12 foot in that situation. But it'd be strong enough and good enough to fruit, which is very important. If the yeah. fruit tree doesn't fruit, it's no real good to you. You know, if
0: you're... <laughs> no, for sure. That's the that's the whole that's the whole idea, I guess. And uh, so M nine rootstock. You're you're talking about a tree that finishes sort of six six to nine foot. M twenty six a tree that finishes at ten to twelve foot, and that's with no pruning. That's
1: with pruning. Um, and then the stronger rootstocks stocks after that. But a lot of people don't use them for private individuals. They wouldn't produce a big big tree that uh, especially if someone climb up it and fall over as well. Yeah. Okay. Paralysis it's not done that yeah. much anymore
0: okay and then obviously the, the the pollination part of it that's something again that people are are confused on they, they buy one apple tree and it may not be a self-fertile one and they find that they're not getting fruit so maybe just explain that well, to us as well
1: some in some garden centers at the moment they try to make it as complicated as they can for people let's talk about pollination it's pretty simple enough let's say if you want in general, yep. two apple trees flowering at the same time to a different varieties will pollinate each other in general, but you okay. will get the exception triple eggs, it takes two to pollinate them. Janagold and okay. Bramley is the most common ones of them. And then you get some varieties that would produce some fruit by itself, the likes of Elstar is they to do it by themselves, that's but the benefit by a pollination partner produce more by a pollination partner. And really, what you're okay. looking at is a table A, B, C, D, let's say, for the pollination of apple trees. And B is the majority of them are in B. Right is okay. the common that's used in this country. Um, but what's in A will pollinate B. What's in A, what's the group that's in A won't pollinate the group that's in C. Okay. So it's pretty straightforward. In general, when people ring us, we can tell them, Without looking at hanging if the pollination is going to work or not, and that's the benefit buying buying any three-year plant of somebody knows what they're talking about in the way that they'd end up with people with fruit rather than bringing up three or four yeah. years later. And wondering what went wrong? You know.
0: Yeah, that you that you don't have that you don't have uh, the correct pollinators. The correct pollinators. So that,
1: yeah, but it's not that. That actually could be. Not that complicated.
0: Yeah, I had uh I had a query of somebody there a little while ago who had planted fairly strong trees a couple of years ago, good good quality trees, had different varieties within it. By all accounts, has done everything right, but is still not getting any type of fruit. So that could be the case there that he he just has varieties that are not compatible with one another.
1: It could be, or it could be in a frost pocket. Either, let's so say, sometimes people plant them in a frost pocket, and uh, the fruit, the frost actually knocks off the bloom often.
0: Uh yeah, well, that was that was my initial thoughts, but he was adamant that that wasn't the case. So yeah, it would sound like then possibly he has he has varieties that are not compatible with with each other.
1: Uh, and sometimes Bramley, everyone goes for Bramley. I said Bramley definitely needs food to pollinate it like. And it has to be flowered okay. at the same time. And it's straightforward after that. You could get him the flower at the same time, they'd walk after that. John.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's a key as well is that the, you, you get the flower at the same time. So, right. You might have, you, you might have your two varieties or your three varieties that, that are compatible from a, a pollination perspective. But if the flowering timing doesn't, doesn't hit at the same time, well, then you're not getting that pollination anyway. It won't work for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, in terms of just before we, we get into varieties, in terms of plant spacing, then, because I know you guys, if, if someone rings up, if they're planning an orchard or they're planning, you know, even a small orchard they can ring up and get advice on 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 this situation, planting size, varieties and so on. But in terms of distance apart when you're planting apple trees, what sort of distance should be should you be planting the different rootstocks apart?
1: Well, an M nine rootstock in commercial plots there are planted as close as one meter apart from another, which is very close. A meter no. and a half to two meters for an M nine rootstock, apple tree. Okay. But walk perfectly but you're talking about an m26 road stop you're talking about three meters apart in a row okay between the rows then it depends are you going to walk up and down it uh, to trim grass or however are or you driving a machine up and down it so you'd have to allow for the, the size of the machine that's going to top grass or wherever between okay. the rows is the spacing but we talked to you about that and figure out what your situation is and what you want to do and make sure the thing is going to work before we start
0: Okay, so sort of a recommendation for M nines is is two meters apart within the rows. No, nah, but a meter, for...
1: even farther apart. If you want to, if you would not going to put a machine two meters apart, and one and a half in the row, less nice spacing.
0: One and a half in the row, okay. And M twenty six, then uh, uh, almost double that oh. would be ideal in the row. Three meters in the row, you're kind of
1: recommending, and at least three meters between the rows. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect.
0: And. So, as we get into varieties, then, so the original reason we we spoke a, a number of months back was that I'd got a query on to give recommendations on the best um traditional varieties to grow. And we had a sort of a conversation at the time that you know the traditional varieties they're 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 lovely and they're it's nice to have them from a heritage perspective, but they're they're no longer sort of the best varieties that are out there. Wouldn't that be fair to say?
1: It would be fair to say and You'd be fair to say that everybody's taste buds are gone sweeter as well. Uh, okay. Um, the varieties that people like, you can grow an old traditional variety, but if no one wants to eat the apple, it's pointless.
0: Uh, okay.
1: The varieties that we have in our, our old traditional varieties would have been something like Beauty Bat, Nord Lambor, and them are, still have place, Let's that people like them varieties and actually eat them varieties still. But nowadays, okay. you go to the likes of the Plough Match or go to different shows and someone brings in an apple for to identify the apple because this is the variety that they want to plant again. It's nearly always going to be discovery. Discovery is the most sought after apple I think by private individuals growing apples or the next thing maybe they have a Katie apple variety. And them two varieties are really fitting the bill well because people love to have apples in the summertime or late summer when the children are still out of school. It's very important to have an apple. Yeah. They likes the beauty of bat, you see the older people bring in a beauty of bat or talking about beauty of bat. Also then people like the first apple they ever tasted when they were young, they like to get the taste of their youth I put it down to and the love by the right. beauty of bat just to have that just one taste of that apple again that they had when they were very young. And that's in general what you have, but what with the varieties of apples, let's say uh, if I was asked to pick varieties of apples, I'd pick varieties of apples for people that spread the season. Uh, that's very early, mid-season and late, and even a storage apple something that can store. People always ask me, "But why can't I store my apples? Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Johnny Down the Road can store the apples, and I can't. But the varieties that these people have are not storage apples. If it's not a storage apple, you won't store it. They'll have, okay. have to have the right apple so, for it. The Jonagolds Golds and the Elstar's great storage apples and they're common enough around the country as well but them are nice good storage apples. there's other they there like spartan is a very eventful apple as well some of these storage apples that just don't have the taste like
0: uh, okay but Gold and elstar store quite well because they, they're actually really nice tasting fruit aren't they
1: Ah, uh, i like the elstar one that's uh but the Gold uh, sometimes i find very uneventful just
0: because, okay a little bland is it uh,
1: just Tasteless, let's say maybe, let's
0: say right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So your your top recommendations then for for apples, maybe one or two varieties that'll or or three varieties, whatever it is, that'll give you that spread across the season and the store then as well. Your your top varieties because you have in your catalog. There's what would there be? There's probably thirty varieties of apples in total.
1: There will be even more, but I definitely one right. be. Discovery the number one apple for for people want. They come back and they say, "I love it." But Katie, then, for yeah. bringing very early, Katie is the first apple that'll be ripe. A good, useful apple. And maybe the varieties coming in after that would be Lord Lamborn. I love Lord Lamborn. that would be ripe just about now. There's a variety called Seaval. It's just ripe now as well. It, it's a lovely apple. And then comes Seaval. Seaval. And the storage apple will uh, be coming on into Elstar, maybe. Uh, yeah, Spartan. I like Spartan for being eventful. As in a nice crisp apple, and you bite into it, in white flesh, white flesh, and you bite into it, the, the juice bursts out into your mouth. I really love it.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. So of those crispy, crispy type ones, yeah.
1: There's one. There's one new apple. Let's say I'm new enough in this country. It's only in three or four years now. It's called Rosetta, and really what it is is a natural mutation of discovery. It's just that someone found. Uh, an apple with a, with a reddish flesh, of discovery, like the variegated discovery, and um, the bread away from that propagated away from that one apple tree, and they came up with this variety called Rosetta, and I think it could be something special down the line. It could be something in twenty years' time. They will know. Everybody know.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it here. A cross section of it here, so. Obviously, a lot of the apples have a, have a red skin, but this one has actually almost true and true red flesh as well. A little bit of white in the middle. Yeah, yeah Really, really dark red. Interesting looking.
1: Uh, it should work well. There's other varieties called Red Love. and There was a phrase close to that, but they didn't really ripen this country properly. But I think this variety will ripen because it's just, it is a red, red fleshed uh, discovery. That's what it is. It's nothing spectacular, but it is a spectacular yeah. variety, like, you know.
0: Yeah, so it's come it's coming from discovery, so it should it should be uh, relatively tried and tested, I suppose, is, is for the best country, way of putting this it. country, yeah. For this country, yeah. And just in terms of, of uh care and pruning and, and so on, what's what's your recommendations on pruning uh, oh, timing exactly. wise and, and so on? Get
1: the, the rootstock right, that you get the right size tree, that you don't start fighting again your tree. Fighting again the tree could yeah. be pruning too hard. When you prune very hard, let's say in the winter time, what the tree'll do, it'll produce load of green growth and no fruit so you prune a little bit maybe every year and so you'd have a crop of apples coming each year and for me I prune uh, just at the beginning of February for me that the tree is just ready to start growing again and it can heal itself up straight away uh, when it starts growing and the wrong time of the year will be coming into the winter time where it'll have an open wound for the whole winter. A commercial grower, I tell you, completely different than that. He would prune right over the winter, but they're spraying like hell, different chemicals yeah. to control canker, So, you just want to think about so that. Your
0: recommendation is leave it, leave it as late, you know, up into February, and then the tree is starting to grow straight away. So it's healing the wounds straight away. It's healing the wounds. That, that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, it works on and that's what I can tell you for a private individual, it works. That.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, we'll we'll come on then to you know, have some kind of let's say unusual varieties where you have two or three varieties on the same tree. And I think that's something for for obviously the, the domestic gardener that might be interesting. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well there's three varieties on the one tree. Three varieties on the one tree. Does it produce fruit by itself. So you can buy one tree and it's self fertile for sure. Uh, you have Elstar, Laxon, Superb, and John on this um, one selection. The other selection is Elstar, Laxon, Superb, and Golden Pyraman. Uh It works well, let's say, for a sm- very small garden situation or even a patio apple tree. Okay, As in grown in a pot full time and left on your patio. That's where the name came from yeah. start off with. We do twin apple trees as well as in two varieties and one rootstock. And we do the pear, same in pears, cherries, and plums, and that's exactly what as far John, is for that person who's very tight in space, uh, and it works well for him. And
0: yeah, it's a brilliant idea, and it's a little bit, little bit different, I suppose, and and a little bit unusual for someone that yeah, as you said, is they're caught on space. They want to have a bit of variety, but they don't have the space for the for the two, three, or four trees, whatever it is. Walk, know, that's, we'll that's really well, interesting.
1: But, uh, they definitely have to be tied up properly let's say it works really well yeah. up in a wall or a fence but they need support let's say full time support it, it yeah, because you have
0: heavy been. you're going to have heavy, heavy crop on, on relatively small branches and small timber
1: yes that's, that's what yeah, but, yeah yeah, uh, they're, yeah very, they're, they're very popular and they're very popular for most of the supply garden centres as well John and uh, garden centres really like that at the moment it's, it's working well for uh,
0: yeah and you also stock, we won't go into it in too much detail, but you also stock old traditional Irish varieties, which, you know, again, people people might be, you know, they might long to have one of those, or they might be a little bit nostalgic about it. And you do stock, as I said, the, the old traditional Irish varieties as well.
1: We do, but um, that was more for a gloss scheme, I say that was part of the yeah. was driving it. But we did stock them a wide range, but we're narrowing down the range. The most popular ones of them would be Lady Fingers of Othley. And Irish peach, it has for them more than I, everything else. But I, I like staying with productive varieties, old tradition productive varieties that in general give a crop each year and that people like. And yeah. there's nothing bad as supplying maybe someone to buy a name of a tree rather than buying the, the right variety that people would like to actually eat. And I hate listening to anyone saying that they didn't like the variety when they got hot. I tell them Australia. Right that maybe this is the record you should go for, or wherever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tell me they, they tell me their situation, if they're near the sea, or are they in a very windy spot, or what county they're in, and then you'd recommend a variety that actually would produce a nice quality apple that they're able to eat, let's say.
0: It comes back to the experience piece. You're you're at it you're at it for a long time now, and so you you know, when you're hearing customer feedback from the different counties or different regions, and and you get to know what's working well and what's not in the in the certain areas. So again, that's that's all part of the experience piece, and 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 a big reason why, as I say, I wanted to wanted to get you on. Um, the next kind of I suppose most popular tree fruit is pears, and I know a lot of people struggle with pears, so maybe just tell us a little bit about about your sort of top tips and, and the varieties that are tried and tested?
1: Well, one time they used to say pears for your ears, let's say. It took so long to grow a pear tree that <laughs> you did be dead and before it produced. But now it's totally different because the same as apple trees, they're grown on a rootstock. They ain't grown on their own roots anymore. Right. So we sell a pear tree that we be about six foot tall, uh, two and three year old pear tree. and um, In three or four seasons, you'd expect to have pears on them. Um, there's different varieties you would have to be careful with pears as well conference pears grow very well here beauty hardy concord they grow very well in this country and then there's other uh, pears that they need if you're in a windy area this wouldn't work because they have a soft leaf that curls up in the wind and to be very unproductive so okay. if you tell us, tell us your situation we'd get the right pair that actually produces pears for you conference is assured it is self fertile, but it would benefit by a pollination partner, conference wood. Okay. best or bat, they call it, let's say, but that's a good variety, let's say, pollination partner for conference. It works well with it.
0: Yeah. And conference would be probably the number one variety, wouldn't it?
1: It would be the number one variety for producing pears. Each year, a lot of years, if the conditions is right to produce every year for you, a conference yeah. pears, uh, in in terms p- of
0: spacing, in, in terms of spacing of planting is it similar to your apple tree or what sort of spacing it's are you similar planting to an M26
1: rootstock, one about three meters from apart, like that, a bit nice spacing that you can walk freely in between them as well like you'd like to do it or even a lot of people would be in a, using a lawnmower to cut in between their trees less than you could cut handy enough, like you would want to be in yeah. your trees in the springtime when you're putting a plantation, going to have beautiful flower and beautiful scent in the springtime and then as the fruit is ripening, you'll have you'll be stopping the lawnmower in your little pot
0: (laughs) yeah for sure Uh, and then i suppose the next kind of one next most popular then would be plums and the plums are relatively easy to grow and i know victoria it's one i have here myself and that's I suppose you you have it marked here as your as your most um popular variety and I suppose the most reliable.
1: Yeah, but Victoria Plum for sure is the most popular in this country. And if you talk about plum trees, the next thing that comes out of people's mouth is Victoria plum tree. It's, it's very common yeah. Because it's so good as people talk about. But there's loads of different varieties with different loads of different colours of food as well. Uh damsel is a beautiful fruit is still the same plum family but uh, Mariela damsel is a lovely thing to have and there's one of them down uh, on the other page there it's called Mirabella the Nancy plum which is a cherry plum and it's a very small yellow plum uh, golf ball size plum but it's it's addictive it's beautiful sweet but it's addictive if you had one grown every time you pass it you'd end up picking a plum and then you'd find yourself (laughs) diverting to pick a plum as is extremely addictive them to eat, I said. that's how I'll go with it. But they're totally different. Authors. There's a wide range of different colours and different coloured flesh plums in, in that list that's on the catalogue. The, there's another thing, then there's gauges then as well. There's a golden gauge and there's a green gauge. The green gauge is more for cooking yeah. but the golden gauge is a beautiful yellow plum. It's uh, definitely have a place in anyone's garden, the golden gauge. Yeah, and gages
0: just to explain it, they're they're slightly smaller than than a plum.
1: Right. Uh, similar in taste than that. A similar in well, taste, a more round. I a plum, a plum, proper plum, is oval, and your gages will yeah. be more round altogether. But
0: uh, yeah, uh,
1: plums they
0: do well in a good few sides, but they don't like they don't like uh, cold really. Shouldn't don't?
1: don't like cold. A lot of times they would be caught, caught by a late frost. And yeah, the majority of the time with well, a plum tree, if there's not fruiting properly, is would be a late frost.
0: Yeah. And if someone was in that situation, then a damson is a good option because they're that bit
1: hardier, aren't they? They're that bit hardier. Even that a golden gauge is a hardier one as well. It works well enough too. Yeah. The, the flowering, I eh, say you'd be hoping that your plum tree will flower in the first three or four seasons. Sometimes if it don't flower and fruit in the first three or four seasons... It gets farther away from fruit and does produce less flower. Whatever happens with a plum, when it produces one plum and this, the stone ripens in that plum, it's a trigger for more flower the following season. So, yeah. if you could get it right in four or five seasons, if it could start fruiting for you, it'll probably fruit for years. It might miss out. It's fruit heavy for one season, if fruit's very heavy, it might go for timber growth for the following season. And then the next season after, I go back to fruit grow as well. It, it's a bit up and down that way. Plums, okay. Yeah.
0: And damsons then—they'd be a little bit more. Like you generally get a
1: crop every year off damsons, don't you? No, yeah. the fruit for you. you. Even have wild damsels in the ditches, but be very small. That damsel will be very yeah. small. But uh, you could plant a damsel in the ditch that flew away each year for you. It's dead hardy. Yeah. Easy to grow. Very easy to grow.
0: Yeah, and to move on then to... Sorry to 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 slightly more exotic, uh, tree fruits. Your cherries, I suppose. One, they're starting to become popular, and I suppose the varieties now are getting more stable in that there's they're success behind them now. I know a number of years ago people weren't having great success, but now they're quite successful,
1: aren't they? Cherries, they're very successful in a way. They can produce cherries no bother at all. The flower and produce cherries, but the birds are a problem in a sense. So people, a lot of people are netting. A cherry tree isn't putting a net over it, yeah. or producing them in a polytunnel, large polytunnel house, and restricting the roots, and, and keeping the birds out that way. But cherries are, successful as hasn't them here in this country.
0: Okay, so the biggest challenge is the birds there, and what kind of varieties are you recommending with
1: cherries then? Well, Stella is always very you know, self-fertile, uh, produces easy enough. Stella cherry and Lappin cherry is another self-fertile one. Uh, there's a different cooking cherry, Morella. Cooking cherry, let's say, very dark, self fertile tree as well. Popular enough for Cucan. Uh, but after that, let's say, is very straightforward. You yeah. buy a tree here and it'll be six, seven foot tall and away with him. For you, You probably would want to prune the leader in the first couple of seasons to get him to branch out down low, to keep him low, that you could put a net over him or yeah. keep low in a polythene tonne glass house. Yeah, a lot, a lot of time I recommend that people limit the root size, as in bury a big pot down in the ground if they're going inside with him. If you limit the root size, I mean you limit the size of the tree and they come fruiting quicker.
0: OK, that's a good tip. And you also have um, on the list, and I, I I, don't know anything about these in terms of growing,
1: uh, peaches and nectarines, are they, are they successful in Ireland? successful, all right, but you, you definitely want a, a wall garden from you. your are outside, and you, there's always a hot part in a wall garden, a hot corner. Yeah. And that's what they'd need. Um, apart from that, they're inside, let's say, in a polygene house or glass house that produce very well. There's great success with private individuals growing them. Okay. And another tip for them, if you were cut for space, if you had your pollen house or your glass house, would be put them into a pot and just shift them in. When they're flowering and when they set the fruit, you shift them back out for a number of months before you shift them back in. Okay. When they're fruiting again to ripen the fruit. Uh, small gardeners, um, retired small gardeners, people that use their head a good bit, use their pollen house or glass house, utilize it out to the last by shifting in, shifting out fruit. Moving in and out, yeah. Moving in, moving out. Uh, it works pretty well that way. Very good. Peaches and nectarines, apricots.
0: Yeah, and then I suppose to to, to kind of flick over the, the, the other things that you're growing, you're growing black mulberry, white mulberry, and then some of the nuts. So you're growing walnuts, um, almonds, hazelnuts.
1: Hazelnuts are the most productive of them in this country. Let's say. There's all different varieties of hazelnuts. You get wild hazelnuts that produce the small hazelnut that grows in the ditch here. But a commercial hazelnut is a named variety, let's say, the there's different ones of them there. Uh, Butler and Kentish Cobb and Cushford Cobb, Nottingham. and produces a, a fine big nut, the same type nut that you buy in a supermarket.
0: Okay, so they're they're worth they're worth having.
1: They're worth having. The likes of almonds. Almond is a totally different nut here. You grow almond for the flowering, the first flower of the year. There's a lot of poetry and paintings of almond flower. And uh, it's a nice thing to have in view of your house. Okay. But it does actually produce almonds as well. But again, you get head out of the shell and uh, <laughs> whatever you want to do with it after that. I'd rather be buying them in the shop.
0: Right, yeah, it's a tough uh, job to get them out of it.
1: And quince is the easy thing to grow. Quince for making jellies let's say. Yeah. It's a very easy thing to grow. It's a still is part of the fair the pear family. And uh, it works well well. There's different varieties of it there, but it's very easy to grow quince. I need the quince. Yeah, and and they'll pretty much grow
0: anywhere as well, won't they, the quince. They'll
1: grow anywhere in any conditions. Yeah. It's easy to grow, in. it's no water at all. Your meddler is another uh, nut tree. You, you grow for the novelty to have one of them. It's easy enough to grow as well. And what is a meddler? I've, n- I've never actually heard of it. As a meddler, is a nut tree as well. As, right. Uh, it's, a, it's unique to itself.
0: Yeah, I've never heard of it. Sure, so you have to. You
1: have you may grow one, John, and have a look yeah, at it. Yeah, have
0: a look at it, yeah. And and then, then you have kiwis, which uh, I'm not sure how they do in Ireland, but you have three or four. It's easy to
1: grow kiwi, but you'd have to allow that. The slugs love kiwi too. Okay. They crawl up the hairy stem and graze the leaf often, but if you could get him grown for one or two seasons, it's very easy to grow him. They need support. They need to crawl on a fence or crawl on a wire or up the side of a wall. Yeah. You get a, a Jenny self-fertile uh, kiwi, but it works better with a male and female, just male and female varieties. Okay. You plant you plant them about eight inches apart, and them grow into each other. So you have the male and female growing on top of them each other, up on a wall or a fence. That does actually work well when it's done properly. And would they need they'd need a warm site, would they? They work better in a warm side but they grow anyhow. Okay. For sure they grow anywhere.
0: Okay. It's easy enough growing. And it's easy enough grown. Another one that you have is fig figs and, and like figs, people do have quite good success with figs. Um what varieties are you
1: recommending there? Brown turkey is the one that's grown in this country and in England as well for years and is very successful and it wouldn't go any further than that. Yeah. But then when you're plant a fig fig tree, there's one thing you have to allow for if you Put into the open ground, it'll grow so fast and grow very big and produce no figs. You need to limit the root size of them down in the ground. The normal recommended uh, hole 18 inches deep, 18 inches wide in each direction. And the recommended line with a banger slate, a hard slate, okay. to stop the roots or too big of a root going out. And that would produce a nice size, uh, low tree, that maybe in four or five seasons you would have abundance of fruit on it. It's actually easy to grow a fig. Only we have no tradition here in this country of doing it greedily. Yeah, I'm starting to grow. see a
0: little bit more of it over the last few years. And I was somewhere recently, I can't remember where, but I, I saw a fig tree and it was it was in a sort of a courtyard area. It was obviously restricted on the roots. There was only a little small piece of ground that it was yep. planted
1: in, but it was doing really well. And there was there was figs on it. Yeah, It's a beautiful class thing to have. Like- yeah. If you if you grow some figs and a few different items, let's say your children coming on will always grow different fruits as well, they won't be afraid. I think at the moment, well, for years, maybe not at the moment, for years the Irishman wanted an apple tree and he never thought about growing a plum or a pear, but we're getting out of that fixed at the moment.
0: Yeah, we seem to be looking of... at your catalogue anyway. There's a lot of variety and a lot of new things going which is good and I suppose just to find to, to finish off on the on the few kind of I won't call them unusual things, but say, let's not mainstream, you have goji berries, which again has become a superfood over the years. And, you know, people, people who are uh, health conscious are are going mad for goji berries and you have elderberries as well. So maybe tell us a bit about uh, those.
1: The goji berry, let's say, uh, it's easy enough to grow as in grow produces abundance of growth uh, for the first two or three seasons and no fruit. Okay. And really, what you want to do is let it off up and let it grow away and then go back in, maybe after two seasons, and cord back down to about a foot high only. Okay. And then it's able to grow and produce. For some reasons, you have to produce on first year timber and second year timber after that. It'll produce well for you, but it's best dried. And likewise, you buy it, let's say, in health food shops, you buy it dried. That's the way it's used rather than you would need it fresh.
0: Yeah. So it's a and dried superfood as such, and uh, just uh, I know they're they're not fruit per se, but asparagus. Then you're you're also growing and, and selling crowns of um, asparagus.
1: Yeah, asparagus, we sell a two-year-old crown of asparagus, and asparagus is difficult enough to grow. Uh, it does definitely one yeah. doesn't want to be sitting in water over the winter time. And there's another thing too with asparagus; you have to allow the slugs like a more than you do. So, you need to keep a little bit of slug pellets down for asparagus, especially in September. Uh, there's a black migrating slug that really loves asparagus. Uh, people, uh, if you're growing in the garden situation, I said, if you want to spread a little bit of slug pellets, some people do, some people don't. But you, when you're putting on a whole bit of asparagus, you'd also sprinkle it around. If you have a grass area, put it on the grass area and kill the slug in that too, out away from the Asparagus, yeah. But if you could get asparagus grown on a raised bed for the first season or two, will stay alive for years. Maybe do twenty year for you. So it's worth okay. the effort to do Trying it, like you know.
0: And asparagus, you should never you should you should never cut the spears in the first year as
1: well. Is that correct? A little bit, right? Like, yeah. Like rhubarb, you're trying to build it up. Let's say in this first season, and even in every other season, you'll cut some spears off it. And then there is a time for letting them off up to replenish themselves and grow into build up for the following season you do. also the asparagus fern is used for flower arranging you'd often see them in flowers arranging the, the fern
0: okay I didn't know that I, I see I see the picture in your catalogue here of it alright and uh, yeah, you can see why they would use it but no I didn't know they were using it in it so we've, we've kind of covered a, a, a sort of a wider range there and we spoke about it a little bit in the last episode but maybe we'll go into it again so in in the in your brochure which again if if you're interested in in growing any sort of fruit is a brilliant thing to have because the information in it and the variety detail in it is is superb but in the back again you have a feature which i think is brilliant it's a grow your own orchard pack and grow your own sof- soft fruit pack which are, which are excellent but it, specifically in relation to this week's episode you're, you have a grow your own orchard pack which is start your own orchard for i think it's 250 euro delivered to your door and it includes apples pears plums cherries peaches and nectarines
1: good range of everything in it and there's one thing you were saying earlier about the pollination if anyone buys that pack they don't have to worry about the pollination because it's done already for them as in we're going to get cross-pollination and the trees in it let's say they're about five or six foot tall uh, there's one other thing with all them trees in the first season john they'll all need a stake to be tied up to a stake for sure for the first couple of seasons yeah. and there's another tip that I have to give them is that make sure and put the stake on the windy side of the tree and the tree second uh, yeah a good tip for yeah, so, iron growing any trees uh, and which tree yeah that, that goes for any tree to be honest with
0: you whether it's fruit trees or not the amount of times you see them and the, the, the stake is either not
1: there or it's on the wrong side it's, it's unbelievable support, no support whatsoever and if you're for all them trees, if you're digging a hole for them, it's a hole about the size of a two-gallon bucket. Uh, you okay. might say the root size isn't that big, but you need to loosen up the ground that much around. Yeah, uh, to give them a chance to get the to get the roots going quickly. Yeah, and you only plant them the same depth. You see the mark of where they were lifted out before you got them. Uh, you see the the different color in the bark, and you only plant them to that depth. You don't go plant them too deep, or yeah. too shallow. You plant them in the right place where they were. Planted before, yeah. It's a good tip for anyone to be successful at um, growing a fruit tree.
0: Yeah, and again, before we move off um on on the, and we mentioned in the last episode as well, the the family trees, and and I think these are a brilliant idea for somebody who's caught on space, or for somebody who who wants to maybe have a couple of varieties but doesn't have the space for it. You do a twin and a trio apple tree, so it's it's a, a single root stock with three different varieties on the top of it. So. It's it's a great little feature for somebody. And I think you said it can also be grown in a in a pot.
1: Grown a pot uh, on a patio, let's say, for anyone in the front garden or back garden. Uh, it's very simple. It's especially done for them, really. Uh, yeah. where people tighten space. They can have three or four different varieties and they're only grown one tree. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a getting brilliant very popular. In garden centres, getting very popular. There's really a lot of garden centres and they're coming yeah. back for more and more for them. Yeah, and you have it
0: in um, apple, apples, plums, pears... And cherries, and there's 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 twin
1: and, and trio varieties in, in those. So, yeah, yeah. and this, they're all self fertile. The trees are matched up to make sure that fruit, you know, is flowered at the same time and fruit together. Yes,
0: yeah, so we're getting near the end there now. Uh, Thomas, maybe you tell us a little bit about, I know you have a website coming up soon. You can tell us a little bit about that and how people can find you and how people can get their hands on this uh, brilliant little little catalog if they're looking to grow their own fruit
1: well if they google anything to do with English with fruit our website will come up it's www mm-hmm. and they, on the open page the top right hand corner's corner is our email address and anyone clicks on that and gives me give me their full name and address yep. send them on a color catalog in the post with all the prices of everything you do and um, or else they can phone us for advice anytime
0: yeah, and you do you do that service where if somebody is planning to, to grow an orchard or even even let it be a small orchard, you do offer that service where if they ring up, you'll give them advice, find out where they're based so that you kind of get that regional, regional you know, the trees that will
1: be successful in that region and you'll you'll direct them that way. Well, we want to see him successful, John, and we want to see him back again to deal with us. And, yeah. And so it's a great pleasure with the people we're dealing with as well. Anyone... There's good enough to plant a plant uh, fruit tree they're generally nice people as well to talk to it's
0: only a for, pleasure. Sure. for sure and and uh, i suppose we're, we're, we're starting to wrap up here now and i know i said it in the first episode i've been uh, hoping to get you on now since probably april of this year and for that very reason the the knowledge and uh as, as your website says 70 years of experience and that comes true when i spoke to you previously at the different shows And comes through in your catalogue when you see it, all the information that's in that. And I knew that the information would be straightforward and delivered in a a way that was easily understandable to the listeners and to the gardeners. So, Thomas, thank you very much. It has been superb. The last two episodes, uh, I think, have given people all the tools that they'll need to, to start their own fruit gardens. So, Thomas, thank you very much for coming on Master My Garden
1: Podcast. Thanks, John, for giving me the chance.
0: Thank you. So that's been this week's episode. I really enjoyed the last two episodes on fruit. It's it's great to have somebody with such knowledge and such passion for fruit and to have it across such a you know a wide range of fruits was superb. And I think anyone that was listening who has any interest in growing fruit or is thinking about starting will certainly have got, you know, a lot of information there to help them get going and to choose the white right varieties and so on. So Really, really good episodes. Delighted to have Thomas Allen. Thanks very much for that. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share with all your gardening friends. Um, I'm happy to cover any episodes that you might want covered. So if there's a topic that you're you're struggling with or something you'd like to hear about, just let me know. You can send me an email on info at mastermygarden.com or you can find me on the social channels, uh, Facebook, Master My Garden page, and Instagram at Master My Garden. So that's pretty much it. I hope you enjoyed the last two episodes on fruit. I know I certainly have enjoyed listening to them and looking forward to getting going with some of the the varieties and types of fruit that we spoke about. So thanks for listening. And until the next time, happy gardening.